from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. It is that time of year. We are getting to the end of the calendar year. And that means I checked off my latest Star Wars book on Goodreads. You know, the little digital uh, bookshelf thing that Amazon does to keep you in their ecosystem and buying books from Bezos. Anyway, um, I, I was over there, clicked <laughs> the, the button the other day that said I finished the book. And then it said, hey, you're seven books behind schedule. <laughs> There's still time. Yikes. And I was like, oh, no. When did I get seven books? <laughs> Books behind schedule. I'm like a very goal-oriented person, kind of like type A. Uh, everything has its place, sort of like uh, I've got spreadsheets upon spreadsheets upon spreadsheets, and um, I've, I've got my to-do lists. And the fact that I am seven books behind schedule, I went into overdrive. And so I <laughs> have nearly completed three Star Wars books simultaneously this week, like a madman. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I the seven, it's tangible. It is now within reach. I feel like I can do it. I don't know if I will. But we'll, we'll keep keep everybody updated on you know how that goes. I, I set a lower goal this year. I did I, I set the goal for I had really gotten out of control. I was up to eighty books a year. That, and what? I found that stressful <laughs> last year. So I dialed it down this year. I've got a new job. It's more, you know, uh time intensive. I dialed it down to 52, you know, like a book a week sort of thing. And now, of course, we've got uh, got Diligent Sloth here with us in the chat who's read like 200 books this year. You don't count. I'm sorry. You read way too fast. <laughs> we know. You hey, congratulations count. and all that. You're, you're amazing. Well uh, done. <laughs> but for us normal people, <laughs> 52. Anyway, I, I'm shooting for it. I'm shoot. I'm close. How about y'all? Where are you at on your, your, your reading goals for the year? We've had our own uh, little competition going on, and that's its own thing, but... But for the year, where are you at on your books? Uh, I'm very behind. <laughs> I believe that. Very, very behind. Severely behind. <laughs> and uh, I think most of it where it stemmed from was, you know, the fact that I finished my master's and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not reading for a while. I am just sitting back, relaxing. Uh, and, you know, of course, I've read for the show and, and, and then some. But definitely uh, a lot less than, than normal. Yeah, I mean, uh, like with the master's, it's it's... So there's sometimes when you got to do a thousand pages in a week, and it's just yeah. like 120, out. <laughs> 200 pages a day. I mean, of of academic stuff, and I know what you mean. Also, I love the the comment from Sloth here in the chat says, um, "Not 200, it's 173 actually," and my goal was 52. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes the you know I don't the legends. Know how you get 52? That's insane to me. <laughs> Man, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just you know. Uh, you got your your books, and you don't watch a ton of TV. Where you at, Rick? Mm. All right, so I uh, <laughs> you know I set lofty goals across the board for me every year. You know I'm gonna gonna lose weight. I'm gonna get in financial like uh, health. All these great ambitious goals. I'm gonna write a, a, an a, an essay or an article once a month, whatever. And uh, reading, I set pretty reasonable goals, and. They are always the goal that I get the closest to actually achieving, but still fall short. Uh, so my goal for this year was 36 books, and I just finished book 30. So Ooh, maybe I could do it. Close. But 
You can do uh, it. I did like 24 and got 30 like a couple years ago. So I was like, okay, 36 books. I can do this. And I've yet to do it. But it's not that many books either. So I should really. No, like, you have like the point books. where you could like add plays because <laughs> they're like two hours and you're done. Sure. Or yeah. like cookbooks. Uh, I count. I've counted cookbooks before, but Rick, usually if I like Rick would get read to it. the first page of a cookbook and then you'd never see him again because he'd be <laughs> wow. eating all the food. Wow! Oh, <laughs> that's shaming me. Man. Apologies. Oh gosh. Or what about what is it? Um, not magazines. Oh, kids' books. Count those. Oh, well, at that's the point you got to start counting. I books. have definitely read like five hundred at least. I I don't count go. the kids' books. I do count the Star Wars books that I read that are you know middle grade to a few years ago I read the entire Jedi Apprentice, Jedi Quest, and Fate of the Jedi series, you know, in one year and I counted every last one of those. So that was mm. let's see uh, nineteen plus ten plus ten, like fifty books, you know, so yeah. um forty actually. Okay. So let us know how everybody is doing, you know, as you close out. This is going to be our last live show of the year, so, you know, update over in the Discord and all that good stuff, and then the beginning of the year, the first live show, we'll, we'll check in, and we will have our final tally on the race to the finish and see who is the final winner of the year. We had a little bit of pre-show dispute about what exactly was the start date. April 7th is the official date that we started the contest, even though Emily said she did finish a book on April 5th. I don't think we yeah. I don't think we count it. Well, the interesting thing is this year cuz every year I'm also a very goal-oriented person. I set goals and usually I accomplish whatever I set out to do. Um, I just work really hard until I get it done. Um, so I'm yeah, kind of careful ran, about the goals I set. You ran your half your 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 triathlon. My triathlon. Yeah, one year I decided I wanted to run an ultra marathon and I did. And I was very much undertrained, but I, I got it done. And so, um, I don't know. So this year, we, usually there's a book goal. Like, that's kind of how I started it. I started off with, like, I don't know, 10 books or something dumb. And then I decided, oh, I could probably do, like, one for how old I am. Like, a book for however many years I'm old, which seems a little hey, immature now. But anyway. Good idea. I like uh, that. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's pretty attainable. You know, at the time, I was, like, 23 or something like that. So it was pretty easy. And then now I'm 30. And so... And I got to the point where I was reading more and more and more. And then this year I thought, I'm going to take a step back. You know, like I, yeah. I'm going to yeah. have a baby this year and I've got a young kid and we're, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like I don't have as much time as I used to. I'm just going to focus on not setting as many goals mm -hmm. and just being present. And so I was just, just trying to be intentional this year. And then y'all bring out this freaking race to the finish madness. And like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like the one year where I'm like specifically not setting a goal and you come in and of right. course I'm like at like, I don't know, 11, but who's counting? Well, we are, um. we are all counting. That's the point. Mine, and I've talked about this in years past, there was a point where I started, you know, the book a week and then I met it and I was like, all right, I'm up in it at 10. And I did that. Every year I met the goal, I upped it 10. And so I got all the way up to 80, and then I think I abysmally crashed and burned last year. And so I just I, I lowered <laughs> it way back down. And yet I do take a little pride in the fact that it's more than the rest of y'all. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, hats off, man. Well done. I appreciate it. Even though I'm going to lose the race 15. to the finish, I will I, have read yeah. more books in general than the yeah. rest of you. A book you. a month. Well, and A like, book a month is Bible Freddy's. books count. 
<laughs> Books of the I, Bible. Yeah, we'll be reading Philemon a lot. You know what I'm saying? Say, yeah, some Jews sneak that in there. Third hanging John, with, come on. Hanging out with Third John, or as my yeah. uh, four-year-old says, Third Sean. All right. Third Sean. Their grandfather's the name. Yep. Well, um, we have really loved this great year of reading. We're going to do, like I said, the next episode, first one of the year. We're going to break it all down, try to get Tyler back on to finish out our race to the finish. We're going to have the awards ceremony. Actually, already mailed Rick uh, an award prematurely, just We're believing much sure he's that the he's won. But if <laughs> he hasn't, Rick, it's on you to come up with the next gift. I'll say that much. Hey, I just doesn't. want to know who the le- loser is who I get to assign a Star hey. Trek. Board. Then oh. the Star Trek is is probably me. Hopefully <laughs> headed. We can go beam Freddy up over there and leave me over here alone. And I'm very excited for us to get to all of that. But tonight we have yep. a monumental roundtable voted on by you, the fan. Or if you didn't see me point at you, if you're out, you know, driving your car, or walking your dog, or I just point it. It's you that we're talking I, about. I, I, we I, are. What's that? Just to be clear, we have more than one fan. You know, I thought <laughs> no, you were saying like collectively, you, you plural, the y'all, one fan, right. y'all. No, yeah, we our, are our as voted on by the fans. Yes, we have Star Wars Galaxies: The Ruins of Dantooine, and I don't know that there's been this much buzz on a roundtable. I mean, we've had people talking about it. We got an art contest going on. Um, we, 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 I, I tweeted that we were doing it last week. That was wrong. I got ahead of myself. I mean, there's a lot of buzz. We're very excited to talk about this. And uh, without further ado, let's kick it off. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast where, admittedly, sometimes we judge a book by its cover, but we learn... <laughs> from our mistakes, where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mace, and I'm joined by my, where is it? There it is. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, including Back in the Saddle. We got him, folks. We had to send out uh, Zev Sineska in Rogue Two (laughs) and the Snowspeeder to find him, but we did it. We found him. Repeat, we found him. Freddy C is back. Hello. I am back. That's right. I am back, and I just have to say this: this is a really important day. Uh, we did not time this this show to be coinciding with the actual shutdown of the Star Wars Galaxies servers, which was today in 2011, according to uh, diligent sloth in the chat and Reddit. <laughs> so, uh, pretty pretty coincidental that that happens, but uh, I'm I'm pretty excited because we're going to see some bonus footage at the end of this episode. Uh, of the game and of the things that we have read about but also i'm hanging out here with my little ornaments oh it's so oh nice. it's amazing man that's part Freddy's of the got got truce at bakura ornament there you go as well as was that shirtless sabayoth what we, we got that to... is shirtless sabayoth i don't know if Beautiful. you didn't get that there, there it is, is. look yep. at those i spent some time on the internet today freddie looking at instructions on how to make my own custom Jeruah Sabaoth figure. So that's what I've been doing with my day. What about you? you? I would like, I was, I was going to say, I'd like for you to just work your abs for the next celebration starting what, now. What, I'm going to be Jeruah Sabaoth? You are going to be Jeruah Sabaoth. <laughs> you can paint on a lot of that. 
Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know who else has abs like Drew with Sabayoth? Our producer, Rick Grace. Oh, I thought you were going to Emily, not me. I know. I'm here. I'm here. I don't have the abs. I have the Thor dad bod. Yes. <laughs> Regardless of the bod, this is a podcast. So, you know, half of our listeners don't know what you look like. They say I have a face for radio. <laughs> and the other half only sees you from the shoulders up, except for that one time where you did show your belly on the show. I think that happened. Didn't it happen? You know who has not shown her belly on the show? Except well, for she did that one time when she was pregnant. Emily Dayback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was going to say, I was like, I think I did. Yes. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> We're here. I read the book. Um, I read the book. All right. That's, that's a review. <laughs> I am very excited for us to get into it. And get into it, we will. The book that I read mm. on Freddie C's Beach when I went to visit him in California, and I am so unbelievably excited for us to talk about it. That is The Ruins of Dan Tween. Do we have to call it by its its full title? Star Wars yes, Galaxies, colon. Can we just call it Dant? The Ruins of Dan Tween. I'm good with Dan. I, I don't know about that one. That's going to catch on. We can call it The Lost Stars of Legends. Hey. We're making that a thing. That's for sure. Definitely making it a thing. Emily, tell us about the book. Who's the spy? When was it? Uh, when was it written? All the well, all the this data. This is a, a classic. Do not judge the book by its cover because pretty much oh. nothing on the cover actually happens. Not a thing. Um, but <laughs> um, the author. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> not a single thing. Wait, what? Um, I've never thought about this. Yeah, I've hated this because the cover is so terrible. Like this is so not representative of what happens in the book. You know what I like, like about all. this? There's a stormtrooper that shoots one of the chicken There's walkers. An explosion. He, he's in front of it and blows it up. Or maybe yeah. he's looking who's Friendly fire. behind him, but it's not like a rebel. Like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yep. <laughs> the, um, the author is Veronica Whitney Robinson, who we're going to find some really cool facts about here in a second. Well, we have Jared found them, but we're going to read them. It was published in 2003. And. Um, it was her first and only Star Wars book, mm. turns out. And she wrote it in just over a month, which is insane to me. And, and some uh, of this no. is, yeah, <laughs> some of this is legend. Like, how much of this is 100% true? The digging that I did is that, you know, she had written the first draft in just over a month. And then, so then, how much reviewing and editing is there? However, there is an interview from Star Wars Insider uh, where she does talk about the development of the book and just she cranked out the first draft. So, you know, some of this, we are, you know, broad strokes here, folks. If if we really want to fact check yeah. deep detail, that's for some, some other Legends podcast. That's not for this one. <laughs> you, can continue. you can continue. I had to but save myself there, right, you know, for the sake of made, accuracy. Fair enough. This made me drop my jaw, though. So she wrote it so quickly in was that she could write 20 to 40 pages a night when she was in the Peace Corps in Cameroon. <laughs> what? Who yeah. in the world is writes a book? I, I want to meet her. Like, who writes a book in a month while she's in the Peace Corps? And Cameroon's in Africa, right? So I don't know that she I was could imagine. writing this book in Cameroon, but, like, when she was in Cameroon, she just she practiced a lot as a writer. And so it was, was, was handwriting 20 to 40 pages Wow. It, it, that's that's what I understood. Yeah, it, it's she wrote so fast she made Some Rick Grace's hand hurt, okay? My hand hurting. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Freddie? 
I, I, I just, I can't imagine that. That's that's crazy. Do we want to hit the this next one here? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, well, she also wrote a prequel story, a short story called, what is it? Pearls in the Sand. Have you read this one, Jared? No. But <laughs> I read about it. That counts. And once we finish the race to the finish, then I can get into the the short I stories. Have time. Well, first I'm going to do the comics, and then in 10 mm. years, I'll, I'll do the short stories. Yeah. But here's the cool thing about this. It's, it's on, on Tatooine, and it involves a crate dragon. So that sounds pearls cool. Pearls in the sand. Yeah, that sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that makes Ooh. sense. When, so part of, part of the game, uh, you would go crate hunting, and they, whenever you would you know, loot their bodies, they have a crate pearl. And you use that for your lightsaber. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's one of the cooler yeah. cooler bits in the game. Whoa. For sure. That's yep. pretty cool. So so she wrote one and one one and only one Star Wars book. And then wrote the one I think it was two. one that wrote the, the prequel short story. Short story. And then she wrote two books out of that, right? And that's it. And that's, ah. it. And that's all she has ever published. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> because she decided, Jared, what did she decide to do well, instead? <laughs> she went back to her career as a marine biologist, which is amazing. Marine biologist. Say, um, say that again. There is some choppiness there. Yeah, she went back to her career as a marine biologist. And um, <laughs> last week, Rick corrected me and said she was a xenobiologist. No, that's the... that's. Uh, Dursk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dusk, that's her career in yeah. the book. But the, the actual... I, I the a actual, bioengineer. That's, that's Xenobiologist? Dark, Dusk <laughs> Mistflyer, the character yeah. is a xenobiologist. But yeah. but the author... Yeah, bioengineer... Yeah, you're right. Bioengineer, xenobiologist. She's a scientific expert on animals and then how to make them weapons for the Empire. But that's the character. But yeah, the author is an actual marine biologist, which is crazy. So she understands. Yeah, she gets it. What kind of person? Yeah, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Not a self-insert <laughs> character. <laughs> there you go. Uh, There's powerful. a lot of legends authors who have done that. A lot of them. That's true. So yeah. No, no big deal. Yeah. What else do we need to say about this? Uh, Freddie, how about uh, how about Hayden Blackman's role? Uh, well. Let's see. Also credited with uh, a role in shaping the content of this book is the lead game designer of Star Wars Galaxies, Hayden Blackman. Uh, Jared, if you don't mind moving your cursor there, I need to <laughs> take a look at what it says. <laughs> I was just, I was just like guiding you there, you know, like the the hand waving motion of uh, Jedi Master that I am. <laughs> One of the most influential voices in crafting the EU, Blackman was uh, the lead on this project. So he was also the lead on The Force Unleashed. Uh, and wrote a number of huge comics for Dark Horse. That's crazy. Uh, including Darth Vader and the Ghost Prison. Oh, what hey, the? Hey, we read that. My goodness, this this person. <laughs> I got on a, a rabbit trail today about Blackman. Um, dang, is it the the Starfighter? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Starfighter game. He mm -hmm. wrote uh, some some comics for that that go into oh. the Pirate Zim's story. Znim, not Zim. Nim, um, mm. and Nim. and his his oh, backstory. Got a so. Yeah, so he he's written a lot of game related tie in comics and stuff. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, one of That's the awesome. I would say one of the more 
underrated voices behind crafting the Legends universe. Definitely. And um, is both as a game designer and like a story lead on these games, and then you know as a, a comics writer as well. And I wonder, you know, what exactly was his role in this? Having his name on the cover, you know, to me. I know, you know, some key Legends names. I see this, and it says, with Hayden Blackman. And I'm like, oh, yo, Hayden Blackman's on this book. But how much did he actually have a role? Here's what we've got. Um, commenting on what he did and helped shape this book, he said, Veronica certainly drove the plot, but I was involved to ensure that we were going to the planets that were most interesting in the game and that we were interacting with the in-game characters. I helped guide her in that specific content so that the characters in the books are doing things similar to what players would be doing. Hmm. We'll let Freddie be the it's judge. Very of that. accurate. Okay, he says he says that's yeah. accurate. All right. Yeah, completely accurate. Goes on to say that it's even possible that some players may spot their own game contributions in the novel. Yeah. This blew my mind. This is this is. Yeah. I don't know if cool is the right word, but it's something. The book highlights not only the content we provided, but also things the player community has developed as well. For instance, one enterprising player took advantage of the game's creature dynamics, which allows players to control creatures and command them to attack other creatures. (laughs) One player actually did that in conjunction with the opening of his own casino in the game. So when he opened, he had this big tournament, and he invited everybody to it. Veronica took that idea and ran with it, and I think that's one of the first scenes in the book. Let's that's elaborate. Hysterical. This it's is true. a Gungan-run casino on Naboo, <laughs> where the creatures yeah. dogfight each other to the death. I mean, it's it's like Pokemon, but like Star Wars Pokemon. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dang. I can I can elaborate on this. Okay, I, so there's there's a whole. Freddie's like, this is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is this, this is, is Star Wars episode. Galaxy, right? So, yeah, totally. Uh, so I was a doctor and a terrorist cassi artist, basically hand-to-hand combat. I could also heal people, stuff like that. I thought there you were talking about were... in your real life. I know. Like, this was... <laughs> me too. Like, uh, maybe. You just put some careers on us there, buddy. <laughs> Back in, when in I was game. a doctor. They were in the game. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but there are people who were who were kind of like a hybrid of of like a bioengineer where they would be able to sample and incubate and sometimes create some of the rarest creatures that you've seen in in Star Wars Galaxies, like a, a crystal snake, which is basically like a, a jelly snake. Oh, we know all know about the crystal it. snakes. Clear. What about yeah. what about Mewtwo? Uh, rancors, rankers, chemogilas, <laughs> uh, which we hear about, like everything. Uh, doll, we'll hear about the rest of the animals, uh, but it was huge. And what they would do is combine that profession with like a combat profession, and naturally just kind of use that combo as a you know they they weren't really as strong by themselves as they were with their animal they were almost unbeatable so this is very accurate and there would be you know players it's it's a free open world we'll see it later on in our bonus footage but you could do whatever you wanted you could open up a casino you could have a lottery and people will do it (laughs) it's the craziest (laughs) thing that is and to see it in the book and to hear about it you know it's it's wild that they actually did took took the uh I guess the fans uh, at the time too. This was early days of of Star Wars Galaxies. They took the hype of it all and put it in something that we could all read. I, I like that because for me, I have absolutely zero attachment to the game. None. I've never played it. <laughs> I have very little desire in doing so. M- maybe one day when I finish reading all the books and the comics, then I'll be like, "All right, now we're gonna go play that outdated and irrelevant game." 
<laughs> that has been sunsetted 10 years ago and is still available online through emulators. However, I know that Freddy cares about it, so there's that. But I, I like that the more I've discovered about all of this, I've seen you know the connective tissue to the game. Um, Whitney Robinson said that she actually didn't play the game very much, just kind of got a cursory level um, uh, amount of, of knowledge that she needed in order to be able to write the book. So it sounds like a lot yeah. of this stuff came from Blackman. His input then was to make it connect better to the game. And so uh, I appreciate that about it. I appreciate that about it. But before we go any further, let's go ahead and give the spoiler warning. Let's give the summary. Tell the good folks what this book is about. Um, we can then give our ratings, and then we will also get into the characters and the you know the overarching questions. What do you think? I like it. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say, spoiler warning, there is a couple of fairly sizable twists in this book that that are worth discovering on your own. If you have not yet read The Ruins of Dantooine, I'll go ahead and say this. Like, there's probably never going to be a better time in your life to do it other than joining in alongside us as we celebrate this book. That's right. I mean, it's... The universe telling you that this is the only time you should be reading this book. Star Wars Galaxies and and playing that, yeah. I mean, this is one of the most slept on books in all of Legends. I've never heard a single person ever in my entire Legends fandom talk about the book or give any impressions of it. Before we move to the summary, sure. I was on the plane, forgot my headphones, didn't have any other thing to do besides read this book. (laughs) A guy sitting next to me goes, Ruins of Dantooine? (laughs) I was like, uh. Yeah, and that was it. That was the only interaction we had. <laughs> you didn't say, I actually have a podcast, and this was voted on by the fans, kind of as a joke, but... No defense of the book. Yeah, I was just, yep, just folded the cover back. <laughs> Hold on, I can hear something. You guys hear that? Yep. What is that? That's the sound of the bottom of the barrel scraping. That's it right there. Ooh, yeah. No, no, I, I was surprised by this book. This was like, you know, bottom of my list of Legends books to read, and... Um, now that I have actually read it, I do not think that it is the worst Star Wars book. So we'll talk about that more. Talk about that more in a minute. So here's the book. This is the summary. And you've been warned. Spoiler warning. Set in the event shortly after A New Hope, Dusk Mistflyer is an imperial xenobiologist held back by the misogyny and patriarchy of the Empire. Her Ithorian friend and supervisor who speaks out of both sides of his face like a good Ithorian, right? Tindown Nandan is executed in front of her for being a rebel sympathizer. This and her recruitment by rebel spy Finn Darktrin radicalizes Dusk, and she goes off gallivanting planet to planet undercover with her imperial credentials on missions for the Alliance. They tour various worlds from Star Wars Galaxies, Corellia, Locke, Naboo, and you guessed it, Dantooine. Her ultimate mission... Retrieve a holocron containing the extensive list of rebel operatives from an abandoned Jedi temple-turned-rebel base on Dantooine. Add in some romance and treachery cameos by familiar faces from the original trilogy, almost said Old Testament. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, Moses and Elijah <laughs> hanging out with Lando Calrissian. <clears throat> Don't abbreviate the show notes, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. Write it out. Add in some romance and treachery, cameos by familiar faces from the original trilogy, such as Darth Vader, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Lando Calrissian. You've got Star Wars Galaxies, 
the ruins of Dantooine. And we haven't even started talking about all the critters yet, so we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. Let's rate the book. Go around the horn. Let's, I'm feeling like Emily's impression so far is the most negative, so we're going to start with her, <laughs> just based on that facial expression alone. Um, and we, we've got you know your five categories here, masterpiece, incredible, and I don't know why you would need any of these other three, but good, <laughs> fair, and mediocre. Emily, where does The Ruins of Dantooine rank? Um, I think it I think it's good. It's good. It's uh it's a fast read, which is a blessing. And uh there are <laughs> a lot of really cool things. There's fun little Easter eggs, like if you know bits about the game, um yeah. you can kind of see like like that one lady dancing in the cantina when you're like at the beginning of the game. I remember when we had our episode on Star Wars Galaxies where Freddie oh, yeah. played it. I remember that like random dancing girl who like showed you how to dance and like yeah. you, you were like <laughs> learning right. how to dance from her. So that was kind of fun where I felt like I was kind of in the know. Um, So I would say it was good. It's entertaining. There are some significant, albeit not very well foreshadowed, twists um, that just kind of slap you across the face. And uh, and then all of a sudden you have to adjust to this brand new twist of the the plot. But it was enjoyable. And I will say, um, I said I was 20% of the way through last week. I did not realize or I forgot that Kindle does this charming thing with Star Wars Legends books. Yeah, it does. What? I said, yeah, it does. Yeah. So like you'll be reading and you'll think like, okay, so I'm 56% of the way through. So I'm like 3 a.m. I can't sleep. Pull the book out. Accidentally finished the book. I was 56% (laughs) of the way through the book, according to Kindle. And then all of a sudden the book was over and I'm reading the acknowledgments and I was real confused. So like... Part of my, I felt like the pacing was a little strange because mentally I was prepared to be halfway through the book. Um, So that's why I was kind of braced for like more. But if I had known where I was, I think it would have been a little bit less jarring. But it was good. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend it to maybe 50% of my Star Wars reading friends. Oh, wow. I mean, that's generous. (laughs) I don't know that Um, I would go that far, but... Yeah, it was good. I I would recommend it to anybody who you know thinks it's the just based on the cover the worst Star Wars book Ruins ever. Of and I would say like it's actually <laughs> you know not that bad. There's a lot about it that it's is not, not great, bad. but um, is you know, okay, okay. So that's 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 a decent review. Decent review. I don't think it. I don't think it's the worst Star Wars book I've ever. Read. Splinter no. was way worse. So like, yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, I was having a discussion with a guy at church the other day about that, and he's he said, "Yeah, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, that's the worst one." Oh yeah, and for I was sure. like, oh, <laughs> "But it's almost charming know. how bad it is." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. It is. It it's is. got a special place in history. It does. That's that's the only reason for its. You know, we accept it for that reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I our episode where we talked about that book with Heather. It was like our eighth episode ever. <laughs> Oh yeah, is was still it's one of my fondest legends look back memories ever. Aww. Okay, and one. hey Justin, you joke in the chat that Crystal Star is the best. Hey, I'm reading it right now, and I it's stupid, but it's don't make me read that next. That's not going to be 2023 <laughs> number one. I, right, I'm had enjoying, your laugh. You made me read it. I'm enjoying it the fine. heck out of it. I'm the heck of it. It's it's ridiculous. It's I'm not gonna act like it's well written or well plotted out, but. It at least uh, that's that's another episode. That's another episode. That's right. That's right. I'm discovering all about Waru. Oh, am I? <laughs> oh, Waru. <laughs> and the and the werewolves. <laughs> Those are in there. Okay. It's it's actually. I want to make the crystal star my tree topper. 
I want to like figure out a way to fashion it to the top of my little Christmas tree. Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. The crystal star. Yep. Crystal star. It's the <laughs> the tree topper. Okay, who's up Song next? Song coming Rick. on. Rick, what's your review uh, of the ruins of Dantooine? Okay, so there were definitely a lot of things I liked about the book. Um, like we've already said, hands down, way better than the cover. Um, oh yeah, a lot of interesting yeah. creatures. Uh, prominent female lead. There's some good back and forth plot stuff. It's 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 easy to read. It wasn't poorly written by no. any means. Um, I like this whole the dynamic of Dusk being a follower and a leader and kind of finding her leadership. That was cool. Also, yeah. first time there's a Finn in Star Wars. Take that, Canon. Um, and he's the opposite of of sequel trilogy Finn. He's a Imperial agent who charades as a rebel. To really do his his imperial dirty work, spoiler. Um, but yeah, I, there's de- definitely some pacing issues. Um, some things you definitely see coming. I feel like had, had the work had the book been worked on just a little bit more, it would be yeah. a fantastic book. So I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a. It's a solid good. Um, Definitely high good. You know, I was I enjoyed it. It was not what I expected at all, and so it was it was a good experience for me. Wow. Okay. Well, I thought I was going to have the you know one of the higher reviews. I don't know that I would give it good. I, I I'm thinking it's probably fair, borderline. Jared, good. what in the world? You but shoved I, this book down no, our throats. So I liked it. It was the, <laughs> your favorite legend book. But okay. But I like it. But I don't know that it's good. There's a lot about it that, that really mean. falls flat. Um, I just think Dusk is totally uninteresting in every way. But <laughs> in, in every way. Um, the, 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 the most exciting thing to me, obviously, the... the <laughs> the Come twist, out the gate with that. The, the twist oh, was man. great. Yeah, somebody said the opening chapter slaps. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The cameos for me were so comical that I, when she, when when Lando starts hitting on her in the cantina, I was dying. Oh, I think man. that's what I was reading on the beach was Lando hitting on her, or at least like I'm like running along <laughs> sunny California a couple days before Star Wars celebration, listening to the robot read it to me in my ears, and trying to avoid the temptation to snag people's limes that are hanging over their fences and. Um, <laughs> And then Lando says, hey, hey, what have we here? How you doing? Whatever he says. And I was like, yo, Lando's in this book. I mean, he had some funny things. But at the same time, those are, you know, kind of cringe. Yeah. <laughs> All of the cameos, right? Even whatever the, like the Han Solo and Chewie thing, whatever that came in, came in. Even I, the king of corny jokes, oh, was man. like, ugh, really? But. So here's the thing. It's very it's very Star Warsy to just like see Vader hanging around like a starport and then just disappear in, you know, just disappear. Uh and seeing these things happen, you know what, in the bonus footage, you're going to have the same feeling, I think, that you have right now. <laughs> I've gained a greater appreciation it, it translates for the book really well. As I've been, you know, diving into the behind the yeah. scenes of it, I've I've really enjoyed oh. this. I, I had just always heard for forever, this is the worst Star Wars book. This is the worst. This one alongside it's not um, close. Crystal Star, I've always heard, like, these <laughs> are the two. way worse ones. You know, the, the worst ones. And it, they're not oh, to yeah, me. They're not. Oh, yeah. There's, there's quite a few that are worse. I'm reading one of them right now. Oh. Um, so, so the fact that I thought it was the worst 
and it's not makes it really special, right? I mean, that's yeah. that makes that's it a feel- good way to put it. Special. That's what it should be. <laughs> Add like a little asterisk. Like there's like forget our normal rating system. Mediocre, fair, it's special, good, special. Like that well, is. That's a lot this of legends book. books. A lot of legends books are so special in their own unique way. This is way. the most Which special. Is the that's, that's exactly, and that's why we talk about them. It the the twist at the end. The reason why this is the Lost Stars of Legends really makes this book come around in a big way for me. Yeah. The more I've sat with it, the more I've kind of thought, I don't know that the relationship was all that well fleshed out. And It makes zero sense. Zero. That's the part that I just didn't like. That's what made the book good for me, was it just like the romance part, everything just like was a little clunky, right? There wasn't enough time to, to develop a lot and of she's things. She's so like, head over oh, heels the- into him. And it's yeah, like that's her whole personality is animals, and I'm into you. That's the personality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So, like, Freddie, what's your what's your ranking? It's good. So here's the thing: there is a lot in this book that, if you've played Star Wars Galaxies, even just for like a few years when it was out a while ago, and if you read this book, you would have you would have seen a lot of things that are just like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, I know exactly what that is. Uh, Nim Stronghold, been there, seen him. I know exactly where how he sits. Explained in that in that book exactly how it is seen in in the game. Uh, you know what is it like lysopine darts and wire mesh traps? Oh yeah, like that's part of bounty hunting. You you one of one of the crafts that you can do is make those things, or uh, you know. Use Wait, this game has crafts. I was just thinking. Do they, yeah, they have you, snacks you, too. You can make things. Vissarian brandy. Sir, it was my Bible like, story. Is this, like, is this VBS? Item. Is this the VBS of Star Wars? <laughs> the this VBS is hilarious to me. Star Wars. <laughs> it's crazy. They're like survival knife. Like that's an easy thing that's made by anybody in a, like a trader can make that. Um, the the DH seventeen blasters, right? Like all the animals, everything that was mentioned. This is stuff that playing the game you just see and you see it all the time. Of course, I've played it for <laughs> a long time, o- almost ten years. 20 years. <laughs> no, it's been out since 03, right? Uh, so there, I think it was maybe 02, 03. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I was starting uh, high school at that time, so it, it sounds about right. Yeah. Well, so, um, so greater appreciation for you as the ultimate Star Wars Galaxy guy. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. We need to get Stephen Absolutely. King I mean, to read this book. It was crazy. It was crazy to just like the Pico Pico albatross, you know, hearing them. Like, I hear them all the time when I was just roaming around Naboo and... The way they describe it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is weird. <laughs> I have no idea this is like what the first words Star Wars saying book. to me right now. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> this book felt like I, I was reading Star Wars, and I was like, wait a minute, I feel like I feel like I kind of lived it for. It was weird. It was the weirdest. It's like wearing VR, being inside of a store, and you're like, wait, I I honestly felt like I was there for a second. This would be the worst game um, to see in VR. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> no interesting. Offense. Plus, it's hard. <laughs> It my was, brother, yeah, so uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do a, a bonus video with him soon, where he has just played through Nice Hill Republic for the first time, and oh. I was with him, and I wish I'd recorded this reaction of we we popped the game on, and he, they play like the intro credits, like the the little trailer at the beginning of the game, and his rea- his first re- you know he'd watch me play it a lot younger when, when he was younger, I played it a lot, a lot, a lot, and he was always there, he'd play it with me and stuff. We turned this on the other day, and he goes. Whoa, this is old. <laughs> oh, it looks so bad. I mean, just like for the entire two or three minutes of watching that trailer, he 
And this is right around that same time period, right? Nice little Republic yeah. is is oh three oh four, right? This is yeah, same same time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I, I would need I feel it like... in VR, man. <laughs> I feel like you, uh, Knights of the Old Republic was a bit more clunky than Star Wars Galaxies, but I mean, we we'll take a look at the end when we in our board. Yeah, our yeah, we will. Footage. We do have some footage yeah. from Star Wars Galaxies, but before we get there, let's talk about the characters. The characters. Uh, let's start off with none other than the best the most name. Uninteresting. The most uninteresting <laughs> character, but the best name in all of Star Wars yeah. literature. That's Dusk, so true. Dusk Mistflyer. Do you think That's that so she cool. created this with like a, a Star Wars name generator? Or Oh, uh, yeah, totally. Sounds like it. Or like a for sure. stripper name generator. <laughs> hey, hey, get out of here. All right. Dusk Mistflyer. <laughs> I, I gave a hot take no. a minute ago with it. I didn't really find her personality all that compelling. Yeah. Because she doesn't really want to I didn't really think about that a... until you said it. But you're like, as I'm thinking it, I'm like, yeah, she's so vanilla. Yeah. Like, she's just like, doesn't know she's pretty, doesn't know she's important. And then like the Rebel Alliance is like, yeah, you know, you're cool. Like you, you could be like a spy for us. And then um, and then there's like Finn. Because her boss was a spy. It. And then he yeah. died. And they're like, well, we still need somebody to do this. So I you're the next best thing. Like, I don't know. Am I? Yeah, she's very see. I I I don't know. I I thought she had a decent arc where she started That's super true. vanilla and then kind of became who the rebellion wanted her to be, but maybe also who she wanted to be herself. She became butterscotch. Yeah, maybe butterscotch. It was a slight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess she, it, <laughs> either either she's totally a pushover and just does whoever's in charge tells her to do, or she developed in this book and found That's true. independent well, thinking. You know. I mean, to be honest, I think they they pretty they're very the author is very clear on on Dusk who she is. She just wants to be with her animals, away from people. People don't you know she's very introverted. Um, doesn't even get jokes right. She's like, well, what isn't gonna kill us on the planet? And she says it and doesn't get it. And it's like, come on, <laughs> how could you not get that? <laughs> and you know that even even to counterpoint myself here, the more yeah. I think about it, I do have to acknowledge the big patriarchal elephant in the room which is oh yeah it's very explicit i mean very on the nose about the fact that she's suppressed by the patriarchy the empire keeps her in her place and she's passed over for promotions yeah and that does i think it could have been you know handled a little bit more subtly but that is very real and that does happen and the patriarchy is not a joke and Lord knows that there are women who, once that has happened, here I am a white man explaining the patriarchy, okay? Um, <laughs> once that has happened Go on. for a while to a person, and you're repeatedly steamrolled and put in your place, it, it reshapes your psyche. And so you begin to, to think, am I good enough? Um, yeah. Do I deserve the promotion? Hmm. And so she stay in your lane. So then, yes. So then, the the rebellion does see something in her, and they they need her to be brave and to take risks, and it it helps. The rebellion is led by strong willed women, and Mon Mothma and, and Princess Leia. Um, so it helps her break free from the patriarchy. See what I did yeah. there? I just and, I just ex- explained away the patriarchy in two minutes. You did. Look at when that. you see when we see the bonus footage later. I think it'll put into perspective how grand this whole thing that she did actually was because mm. we'll see visually what it took to do a lot of this. Now, we're not going to see the whole thing because I cut out a lot of footage <laughs> of me traveling, but uh, she, I'm assuming she was on foot, right? 
and and to see a lot of this it was probably like over 50 kilometers to just get to like two locations not yeah i'm american kilometers means nothing to me (laughs) which which that in miles 31 miles (laughs) okay thank you (laughs) here's here's something i did like about her she defies the classic Star Wars character classifications, right? So if you think about, if yeah. you're crafting your own Star Wars character, there's basically only five options ever in the entire history of the galaxy, for the most part. Jedi, Sith, Smuggler, Bounty Hunter, yep. or Soldier. Yeah, I mean... Those are the only ones. You have you have no other options. Farmers. No, they're just but the the farmers. Okay, no, but like, but for an adventure, for an adventure, Rick, you don't get to choose that as a character classification Uh, for the lead in a book. She's a soldier. (laughs) Rick Luke Skywalker. Moisture he, farmer. He fits Jedi. the Jedi, Jedi classification more than the farmer. But he starts as a Jedi. farmer. He's a farm boy. Toast. Well, and oh. thus starts as like, I don't know, scientist and ends as a soldier, right? I mean, she... Yeah. She, that's who she becomes. This is like a coming of age story to me. And like, weirdly, like you said that, this is like the most uninteresting character. And I felt... I see a lot of myself in this character. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Emily. You're, you're very <laughs> okay. interesting. No, As okay. a stay-at-home mom. It was just funny because I, I thought I was like, no, hey, okay. No, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You you are. You're <laughs> okay. amazing. You, you ran a, yeah, a ultra marathon. Just and keep you, talking, just stop, have... Take your foot out and just be quiet for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like if you're, I don't know, I rode horses growing up. And so, like, I was more comfortable around animals than people for a while. And, like, I read a lot. And when you read books about history, it's patriarchy all over because that's how history was written, basically. And so, like, it kind of does, like, even though I wasn't, like, suppressed by men in my life, because I was just immersed in books, that became kind of normal to me. So, like, it makes sense. Like, yeah, women don't get ahead. Plus, that's, like, the Empire is famous for that. Um, so I don't know, like it, it just reminded me of when I was younger, like how my mindset. So it would make sense to me that this was written by a young woman who is still figuring out who she is. That was really well so. said. And it turns out that maybe the women should explain the patriarchy <laughs> problem more than the men. So No, it's okay. It's okay. That was helpful. I'm just I like totally how, uninteresting. I like I get how it. in 2003, though, this book was already in on it, but like yeah. digging in hard too, which was fine because that needed to happen in 2003. <laughs> So it, yeah. it's that's why when I first read it, I was like, oh, yeah, Emily, I could see her liking this part about, you know, this this message uh, to a bunch of gamers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And I didn't even think it was like really pushing that so much. It was just sort of like pointing out the the flaws of Star Wars yeah. that like the Empire is patriarchal oh, totally and is. like very much anti-alien. And so it would make sense that she and Tendal yeah. became as close as they were. And he was a, a mentor to her. And then um, when she's kind of left rudderless and a man steps in and steers her in a new direction. But I, can, we, can we talk about Finn, though? Can we, like, move on and talk yeah, about this absolutely. guy? Because why did he ever need to be, a, like, a double agent? Why was that? Like, why couldn't he have just been an agent of the Empire who's like, hey, listen, I have the inn. You want to come help me find this, like, what is it? The, the, oh my gosh, holocron. the holocron. Yeah. Like why can't, why did he have to be a double agent? That's part of where I feel like this book was very short. It didn't even have the time to describe a lot of that stuff or make us feel, mm. you, you know, like that feeling that you have is 
pretty right on how I felt too. I was like, uh, why? <laughs> why couldn't you just go where you were going? <laughs> like it was interesting. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I I don't think it was woven in very well because it was like they yeah, got the holocron the and then it was all of a sudden he's like, I'm so sorry, and then it she has no idea without for that. So long. Without that, the book is totally uninteresting. Hey, Jared, don't you knock over my Christmas tree. Don't I was you tell do you. It. <laughs> I see it's that. There actually is something behind you moving this time. There and then my dog, is, my dog is trying to get cozy with the tree skirt down there. And hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think the book really falls flat without that. Um, I mean, this saved the book for me. But. It was interesting, but like I, I didn't see, see it, it coming at all, and I'm a little bit mad that I didn't see it coming. But you're not supposed Did to. Did anyone else see that's, it? That's my problem with these: is you always see it coming, and this time I didn't, and I was like, I oh. like to know. I like to think I'm smart, and that I knew before everybody else. Did anybody well, else see it see, coming? That was the thing. Something, something was coming at one point, right? And I was like, ah, I don't really know. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was I like had an a, icky I had a feeling. sense of it. It was an icky feeling, so she did really well at giving you an icky feeling. But you're like, what the point? What, what's the point? All right, <laughs> what's that? Wrong I don't here? understand, Jared. I'm gonna blame like it, you. Um, it's all your fault <laughs> because I I did not see it coming, but I predicted. But I called it the Lost Stars of Legends. Yeah, and so I was on the lookout for either okay, this is gonna be a really cool book of all of the uh... stories of the original trilogy, where there's little things in the background, which is not that. Instead, it's a forbidden love kind of you know, opposite sides of the war thing. And yeah. uh, so I was expecting either uh, Dusk to be an Imperial agent the entire time and loyal to the Empire. He was faking to be a rebel, spot, a rebel, a new, newly formed rebel, or him to really be working for the Empire. So I was expecting one of those big twists, and I was leaning toward, toward what's-his-face Finn. But, yeah, you spoiled it for me. That's so an excellent you're point. I didn't is... get it until the very end. That like, oh yeah, that's why he said the lost stars. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is, I, I am the one that ruined Dantooine. Hey! <laughs> that was golden. I applaud. The Very ruins good. of Dantooine were the friends we had all along. Oh, okay. Oh man. It, what do you th- with Finn though? You think there's too many Finns? No. I've got a total no, of I like one, it. original Finn. I like two, that three, name. four, five. I think I'm counting on the book Wait, 16 what? to 18 different fins in Star no. Wars. Oh, wow. Why so many? I've only ever heard of this one and the canon one. Same. I mean, that I can think of at least. There's a Maybe character. The I can imagine J.J. Abrams sitting down by, by his nice fire. By the fireside. <laughs> Reading the ruins of Dantooine. I, I like this Finn guy. <laughs> I want him. <laughs> That's a cool name. Let's add an extra N. Smart. Is there that many Finns? Well, There's yeah. I mean, th- they're all very minor characters, except for one of the lead characters in the Invasion comics. The the comics mm. that accompany the New Jedi Order is named Finn. Besides that, I think they're all, works. They're all fairly minor. Mm. Yeah, did... did did anybody see the twist coming? Uh, obviously, Emily and I said we didn't. No. Rick was looking for it. So you saw it coming a little bit. Rick saw it from miles away. Yeah. But like as you <laughs> ten, 10 kilometers away. <laughs> no. All right. So I think what would have fixed this for me is if we'd gotten his perspective a few times. Yes. If they had woven really in that like, he was torn and like a little bit more about what he was thinking, hmm. I think we it would have been more well-rounded because he was just dark and broody and then had like 
weird times where he was letting her take the lead and then he would take the lead. Like, I was kind of confused why she even put that in there. Like, that to me did not seem like a clear lead that he was a spy. Yeah. But I just kind of wanted more about his character. And, like, the times that he just would totally, like, blow up all of the Imperial agents or, you know, kill them. Like, I get that. You know, yeah, you got to follow the mission. The mission comes first. But he was conflicted, but then he wasn't conflicted. But, yeah, I, I, that's a really good point. We didn't get his perspective, yeah. and that would have bridged the gap, I think. It's actually one of my bigger yeah. complaints about the book is it doesn't jump around perspectives enough. Um, it's Is it entirely from Dusk's perspective, at least? I feel like it is. Yes. It, it feels like it is. Um, I think the best Star Wars books flesh out four to six different perspectives. Um, to go back so and forth between like a Luke <laughs> chapter and then a Han chapter and then a Leia chapter and then a villain yeah. chapter. Yeah. You want to get behind the the scenes with the, on on the Star Destroyer, you know, with your Thrawns or your Dallas. Yeah. And this one is just you were just for better or for worse, you're hanging out with Dusk Mistflyer. You know who was a great character though, <laughs> the absolute goat. Uh, of Ithorians. Yeah. Tin down mm-hmm. and on. Can we all say that five on. times fast? Tin down and on. If we all say it at once, it'll sound like it's coming out of both sides of our Ithorian faces. Ready? Tin down and on. Tin down and on. Yeah. Beautiful. I love, 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 love the way that Ithorians talk out of both sides of their faces. I mean, where did you expect them to talk out of? Their nose? Like, of course, if they got two mouths, they're going to use them. The the amount of time in Kotor. Sorry, the, I was late. Yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> whereas Rick, who talks always talks out of his never mind. Um, wow. Tin down, <laughs> tin down, and Don was ah shots, shots fired. fired. Was killing the bleeding heart Ithorian the most villainous atrocity in Imperial history? Because oh my gosh. that's what I've put here in the notes. What? I think it's worse than the massacre of Alderaan. Wow. No. I feel worse? like that in that whole moment. Yeah, no. this is worse. Killing Tindown and Don is the worst thing the Empire ever did. No. Totally. I, I just felt it when, when it all happened. I was like, this is, it's hurting me so it's, much. It, it was, was brutal. And I could just hear it was. a chorus of sadness from the children just mm. crying in agony over this atrocity. That's it was definitely I'm... an atrocity, but the enslavement of the Wookiees is much more <laughs> Im- imper- uh, atrocious. That's I don't I'm know, man. About this is this... pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. that... It was personally brutal to Dusk, yeah. like yeah. to the main character. Yeah. That was the most compelling reason for her to leave. That the emotional... was very shocking. I will say that. The emotional resonance of this really hit for me. I was yeah. kicked back in the swimming pool. I was up in the up on the floaty, nice evening, just enjoying my Star Wars book. Yeah, kicking back in the swimming pool. Please just, fall, please fall. Just with it. Yeah, it <laughs> might happen. This chair is uh, was a freebie. I'm just reading the book, Dusk. It's literally Dusk, not the character's name. Um, the perfect early summer breeze coming through, and then a massacre. And I'm just like, oh no! It was really heartbreaking. It made me sick. It was, it was a lot to take in. That's my point. It's not. It's not literally the worst thing that the Empire ever did. As much as, out of Imperial atrocities that I've ever read in Legends, this one, yeah, this one is one of the best. It hit. It was. Yeah. It, it 
you know, the fact that that and this is why this book is is pretty good, in my opinion. It's not incredible. There's a lot of books that belong in incredible that you would say this is incredible. Uh, this is a good one because it really tugs at you when it needs to. And it it really comes out of left field to surprise you with that twist. Right. It, you don't expect it. I mean, this these are the, the four of us. We we love Star Wars. We I feel like we would be able to see a, a Star Wars trope twist like that and I, I would say this is the second time that they've gotten me <laughs> to be honest ruins of dantooine and and uh scoundrels <laughs> oh yeah this is a good twist zon's good as his twists that's for sure very good at his yeah. twists he should be a pretzel maker that uh that zon yeah once he retires from book making all right so let's okay Let's move on from the characters, and we'll finish all this next week in part two. No, we're going to do it all tonight. We don't need two weeks on the ruins of Dantooine. Um, <laughs> as we get into the overarching questions, let's just do like three of these, okay? First, before we move on, any of the uh, the original trilogy characters that you feel like deserves a shout-out for their cameo? Anybody have an especially compelling cameo? <sighs> My vote's probably with Lando, personally. Yeah. Lando. I love Lando. He's awesome. His was probably so adorable. You're like oh, Lando. The most natural. So cringy. You know, like he's in his element. Yes. But yeah. The rest of them felt forced. And and yeah. And she was like, "Why would anybody? Uh, why would anybody bet with a vehicle?" And he's like, oh. "Yeah, that was good. I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line." Here's my working hypothesis that I'm workshopping. Okay, I think hot take. You can splash Lando into any Star Wars story that he fits in the timeline for, which is, I don't know, like 60 years worth of stories. Yeah. You just have him show up and hit on the girls in a cantina. And I think that he works perfectly in that role. Yeah. I don't know why it's so charming when he does it. Like it's, It works every time. It's Billy yeah, like, D, that's why. He's such a cringy character. And I think maybe he's just like so very cookie cutter and like he fits the mold just right. And it's like almost nostalgic because when we all saw it in the, in the movies, at least when I saw it in the movies, I was like, who, wh- why was this approved? Like this is so weird. And so it's almost like nostalgic for like the original trilogy. You're like, oh. Did you just call change. Lando cringy? Yeah. He's so oh, cringy. That was the greatest atrocity <laughs> that one that was worse he's of, like icky like i don't know he becomes really cool but like when you first meet him you're like who is this guy and like who oh. let him in yeah well for most of legends he's the fun uncle who takes the solo kids around on joy rides in his pleasure he grows yacht. on you that's the thing it's yeah. like he as, and he comes on strong but over time you're like oh he's got a heart of gold like he's so cute much like the whiskey that he promotes what's the name of that whiskey that he did commercials for Oh, not Lando. Wasn't it? Billy Colt D. 40. Colt Forty. Colt Forty Five. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, Colt Forty Five. <laughs> What's he, that, Rick? Uh, I was gonna say that. Oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, Lando's got great stories, and so even if he's not there hitting on the female characters, just it's believable that he would be in the background of every single story. That's true. He's just like because he's full of stories. Yeah. He's almost like Freddie yeah. C. in a lot of ways. Yes. You're like, yeah, he'd be there. He'd be at like a, a winery, like <laughs> tasting with George Lucas or whatever. Like, yeah, that, that hey, makes sense. Hey, it was Dave Filoni. It checks. That's right. So, <laughs> Freddie, we were talking about this yeah. before the show, that Fred has, Freddie has been to his alter ego. Fred um, was at a wine <laughs> tasting with Dave Filoni once. 
<laughs> so that happened. Just, like stop. It's, like, it's a story for another the amount day. Of, like, okay. It is a story for another. You day. know what else needs to story. stop? <laughs> Putting super secret lists into holocrons. All right. Yes. I think this is yes. the worst trope in all of Star Wars storytelling. This <laughs> is worse so than Super Weapon times. of the Weeks. Not, not. Oh, that's all a, of our knowledge in this. And why? That's not even what holocrons do. Like, that's not how right. holocrons work. So <laughs> that's not how holocrons work. Exactly. <laughs> that's not how it works. All right. Works. Someone so tell I've Star got, Wars they did it wrong. I've got an example here. <laughs> it's it's Christmas time. You want to give a gift for a loved one. Imagine, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this if you want to keep your gift a secret, for example, right? Oh, if you yes. want to get a gift for a loved one, you need to pay cash yeah. and tell no one. Yeah. Don't keep your receipts. You want to get a gift for a loved one, pay cash, hide it somewhere, not in your house, like your workplace. And uh, this is how to keep deep, dark secrets with Legends Look Back, apparently. <laughs> Uh, also like buy drugs. <laughs> no, you want to get it. My yes. reason is altruistic. It's For altruistic. A loved one. Hey. It's not that hard to hide the evidence. You just Who, who's okay, your gift yeah. guy? You're paying way How too much, much for gifts. How much evidence are you hiding, Jared? Somebody check this man's workplace. Uh, I'm actually a very bad gift giver. I I one of these. I just bought a gift for my family for Christmas. I was going to be surprised, but I accidentally used like the family PayPal. And so That's within, what I'm saying. Within seconds, Jessica was like, "What did you spend two hundred dollars on?" And I'm like, "Disney on Ice tickets, you jerk." Um, so. Yeah, that's Wait, my point. It was Disney on Ice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a good that's gift. Nice. All right, so so yeah, you're a great dad, Rick. Great Thanks. dad. I also uh, bad, bought an Xbox, husband. and I that's on oh. my wife, and I'm in trouble. So I had a. <laughs> Please tell me you bought the original Xbox so that you can play Knights of the Old Republic. I already have the original Xbox. Okay, this that's is the right series, answer. Series S with the controller that's this big. One. Yeah, well, no, I, I got the smaller one, but I remember those. The Duke. Mm. So, yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. If you're if you're leading a super secret government overthrowing galaxy-wide coup, you don't store your volunteer list on a holocron <laughs> and forget to evacuate it from your rebel base. I just think that somebody needs to teach... Is there an the overused, like, clear your browser history joke in there somewhere? Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not that hard to, to figure <laughs> out. Cookies um, for Santa. <laughs> we just had Andor, for example. Um, Andor, there's so much secrecy that they flesh out in that show regarding who's part of the Rebel Alliance. Um, like, you, some members of the Rebels don't know how to even trace back to who recruited them. Right, oh, and yeah. so there's a couple of little pieces of connectivity, and they find out, you know, hey, Andor, he knows uh, who recruited him. He knows what my face looks like, so we got to kill him, right? And so that that show, I feel like, does a great job at dealing with the the webs of secrecy yeah. in the rebellion, whereas you know, Ruins of Dantooine exists. Come on in, guys! It's like it's like like a new visitor at church. Like we're so glad you're here. Here, sign up this you information. Want to start a rebellion? Yeah. You pay with cash. It's <laughs> exactly right. In a fire pit inside of a deep cave system. Who the see. heck makes a fire in a deep cave system? Anyway. Yeah. Just, yeah. So There's a lot missing. <laughs> we've talked about its con- its connections to Lost Stars. So we've we've beat that dead horse. Um, we are going to talk about the cover 
uh, the cover contest before the show is over. We got, I think, one to show off. Some more are on their way. Um, I'm workshopping a couple myself. Um, Freddie, obviously, you love Star Wars Galaxies, and I want to get to your tour. So we can talk more in a second about, uh, you know, if, if this makes us want to play Star Wars Galaxies. Let's ask <laughs> one more thing before we get into the creatures and then Freddy's tour, okay? Um, in the grand scope of video game tie-in books, there's been some recent ones in canon. We're not talking about those. Those are on that shelf. We're not talking about those. <laughs> in Legends, to my account, I could be wrong. You've got your Old Republic books... There's four full-length novels that tie into the Old Republic game. Got ten books that tie into the the uh, the X-wing games. There's three illustrated novellas that tie into the uh, the Dark Forces games. Five books in Republic Commando, and then the Force Unleashed has two novelizations. So I don't know if those count. Shadow of the Empire. Oh, I missed one. Ah, Shadows of the Empire. Very good. Yeah. So yeah. you've got the the book and the comic. So, all right. So, out of the grand scope of Legends video game spinoff tie-in novels, <laughs> how does the Ruins of Dantooine <laughs> rank? I, have, uh, I haven't read all these, but from what I you've gather, read some, I have read you've some. read some. It sounds like the details are there, you know. And like yes. like Freddie said, it, it you have some deja vu. Where you're like, I've been here before. What is happening? So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and it's one of those like I haven't I hadn't played the game and you know I, I, it's an off and on thing six months here six months there. Uh, but reading it and, and kind of forgetting that it's a Star Wars Galaxies Star Wars book if that makes sense. It really um, it was like oh my gosh yeah uh, I know all I know everything that they're talking about I know exactly what this thing is that they just mentioned and I know its purpose. And how it can be used, and everything she said about the certain, the certain, uh, the animals that we'll get to. Some of the animals, everything she said about them, yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's how they. That's how it is. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all generated by computer, but it works. Uh, but this is definitely the most immersive book out of every spin-off video game book that Star Wars has made. To me, this one feels the most immersive. Maybe that's my issue is it's the only one of these where I haven't played the game. And so <laughs> I don't feel like it really hits as hard. I think that like the X-Wing books, Republic Commando, for example, those really committed hard to the story more than yeah. trying to connect to the game. And so those, the, you know, the author really ran with creating their own characters, um, building out their own little universe that is you know, tangentially related to the game. Whereas this, it looks like it sticks a lot closer to the game. You think that's a fair assessment, Freddie? Yeah, I think so. So it's, it's successful in one way, not as successful in the other. It just depends on what your measuring stick is. Yeah. Emily, you did some research for us pre-show about all the creatures, the critters, <laughs> the monsters, if you will, in... Star in uh, Star Wars Galaxies, the Ruins of Dantooine. That's a mouthful. All right. Uh, we have a little slideshow of a handful oh of these gosh. creatures. Emily is going to be your tour guide, your dusk mist flyer, if you will, no. to everything <laughs> that you need to know about all of the creatures of Star everything. Wars. We don't have enough time. There were like a million of them. There were so many creatures. Are so, they the same Rick, person? Why don't, 
why don't yeah hey oh yeah, that's miss flyer there she is there she is i i i do think emily has more of a resemblance to avar christ than to dusk mist flyer okay but. yeah i'll give you that one <laughs> thank you jared slowly slowly filling Digging that myself hole back in. out of the cave <laughs> thank you oh, all right you just Rick, turn your you, turn your head to the <laughs> you you throw up the you, you throw up the pictures of the the critters that we've got ready for the stream i'll do my best and so emily can talk about those and then emily has some more that she's come up with that you can at least you know just give a cursory explanation of oh my gosh okay what's first We've got anglers at the top of the list. We have anglers, an image of the anglers. Oh, look at oh, this man. beautiful oh, thing. Sick. Okay, so those were the, um, ew. What you was this? <laughs> this is not what I had imagined. Is the angler, that wasn't the, um, no, the dally rake. That was the different one. So what? We'll when did we see the angler? Eats mucus salamanders? I don't remember yeah. these guys at all. So yeah, the anglers, that. they're blob-like crustacean mollusks with dangling tentacles, dangling. and they Disgusting. eat they eat mucus salamanders, and they look rad, and that's why we're talking about them. Moving that's on, oh my so, god! So we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the creatures, and then we're each gonna go around and give our favorite of the different crazy critters from the ruins of Dantooine. Does that make sense? I just, just want to say all mucus right, so salamanders. Got this, like crusty segmented blob. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's bats. that's an angler. Yep. Borgle bats, uh, native to the moon of Naboo, they were known for capturing living prey and bringing them back to their warrens where they would slowly drain the bodies of blood. These were like legendary status in the book because they're just built up to be these crazy um, yeah. night Evil. vampire things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't imagine them quite like that, but they look very dangerous. The, this Star Wars Galaxy concept art is really cool. Freddie, do you have the book about all this? Yeah, I do have. Of a course book about you all do. This. Of course you do. <laughs> There's a book that's Let's the art start. of Star Wars Galaxies, and so most of these images are yeah. from the book. I think I showed that book on on the one art of episode. Our shows once. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, Dally Rakes. Yes. So these are pretty you guys cool. Are cool. Yeah, they're arachnids native to Talus. They can live on land or in the water indefinitely. What they do quite often is find a solid perch near water and dangle in their front two arms as lures. They wait for some unsuspecting fish to swim by and spear it with their venomous talons. Mm. What a cool idea. Love <laughs> this creature. It's, they're a pain. It. They're a pain? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. Has, has <laughs> one of them ever caught you? Like you were down swimming and you are like, ooh, what is that? Oh, snap, I've been snagged uh, by a dally rig. <laughs> I mean, they just go through the water and they keep attacking you and you got to just get out of there. <laughs> well, it looks like a praying mantis kind of. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought it more They're of like, like a spider. Size of an SUV. <laughs> All right. Sounds about right. Next, we have the Fulumpa set. <laughs> That's Ooh, definitely that. from Dr. Seuss. It sounds like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> it does. They're a large oh, mammal it's looking at me. native to Naboo. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, is this what the Gungans ride? Wow. It's, uh, to it's war? like a uh, hippo variant? meets a giraffe. A variant. a variant of them? Okay. Yeah, so that's... They are, uh, they are not from Naboo, so... Oh. I'm sure we we saw them. Hmm. It looks like one of my college professors. <laughs> Looking kind of frumpy, a little large and lumpy. 
Um, then we've got the uh, flit harassers, which are flying reptiles, usually growing a wingspan greater than the height of a tall Wookiee. Do we what? have a picture of one of these? What is it? A flit? The flit? Flit harassers. Flit. Yeah. Oh, look yeah. at that. Oh, interesting. Flit harasser, all right. <laughs> they had two smaller limbs with sharp claws for grabbing. They have thick hides, very sharp beaks, orange at the beak, but fading in color toward the head, and a small tuft on the back of their neck. They are native to Locke. It's kind of like a hummingbird bat. Yeah. Almost. I. Oh, man. Wingspan greater than the the height of a tall Wookiee. That's so specific. That is. Yeah. What is that, like seven meters? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So, okay, I'm doing some research, and yeah, the Gungan army does ride Volumpusets. Uh, oh. They, it, so it they're probably in the movie. Uh, it says, Gungan scouts ride swift-footed Kadu into combat while hardy Volumpusets and Fambas haul heavy weapons and shield generators into yeah. place. Oh, okay. Famba, yeah, I knew about the Famba's Kadu. the big giant one. Mm-hmm. Big one that had the huge drum. So this is the mama bear of the animals that they ride in. Yeah, interesting. In Sorry, I got distracted. Episode there. one. <laughs> there you go. Gurks um, are funny. Yeah, gurks native to Locke. Uh, they are hairy humanoids, have a large size and worrisome appearance, but they were very peaceful animals. Their hides yeah. were used in making armor. Black men liked these and reused them in the Force Unleashed, and that's the author Ooh. or the contributor. The yeah, the lead game designer on on Galaxies and The Force Unleashed. What was like his first the, name? Hayden, Hayden Blackman. Hayden Blackman. I like yeah. the idea that he snagged these and just stuck them in the next game. That's cool. Yeah, they Copy, look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Malklocks. And Reptilian... if you're like, oh, wow, yeah. Emily's talking about a lot of animals. This this book is almost just chock full to the brim of crazy creatures it's like a who's who of like the animals in star wars like it is like a ton of effort into this she's like the crocodile hunter she knows exactly what to do in every single page there's never any mistake she's always like wow what a beauty you know and (laughs) the legends crocodile hunter Uh that's that's now somebody can make that into their uh their their cover art right Oh, it's so cool. I like that a lot. They're reptilian creatures native to Dathomir. They were so big, only rankers can take them down. Rancors. Uh, this show is really messing with me. Bioengineers used the DNA of Malklocks to create mutated variants of the creatures known as Malasaurs. Heck yeah! I want one of those. I had a I had a Malklock as a pet. It was tiny. He was a little baby. What? Oh, this is not a baby yeah. that we're looking that at. That is definitely not no, a baby. No, it's like as size. big as like, <laughs> in, a house. In the concept art, looks like there's a human-sized person as that's, big as one of its toenails. Yeah. I feel like that's about <laughs> the size, too, in the game. When you see Whoa. them, they're about that tall. Yeah. Oh, it's just gosh. really cool concept art. All right, well, we've gone through a lot of creatures. Emily, you've got a few more yes. written here. Any, any more of these that you've got written that you think deserve a, a special shout-out on the air? Uh, yes, I think the Vorator lizard was horrifying. Totally. Um, there's like that one scene where a mom kills her baby and uses it as bait to like bait a hound and then eats yeah. the, the hurtin or something. And yeah. it Bull. was disturbing and so, a little unnecessary in my opinion. But wow. We'll see. We'll see the Vorator lizard, the Quenker. Uh, we won't see the too. bull. Uh, we'll see the picket longhorn and the thune, so we can see that in the video. That's uh, okay. Awesome. Like. I'm excited. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, some 
Infants being used as bait. Animal that's not on this list. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. there's there's some crazy stuff with these creatures. I gotta admit, when we got to the creatures in the book, I just my mind just tuned them out. And for me, there's the Star Wars creatures that I know from the movies and stuff like that. And then there's the ones that were clearly for this video game that I know nothing about, and was like, okay, that one is a bird, or that one is a bat. Or that one's big like a dinosaur. And that's just as much as my mind. So this was not, you know, my favorite thing. It helps now to have the concept art, though. And that's why we are here for yeah. you. Unless it's look back, you know who else is here for you? Freddy C. Freddy is going to give us a tour of Star Wars Galaxies. Now, this is going to be fairly visual. So for our audio listeners, we may cut this out. We don't know. Um, this may or may Pink not... Tight, maybe. <laughs> it may or may not take the make the final edit and if it does end up in the final edit hang tight we're gonna do you know nine minutes here on the tour and then um we'll close out the show from there if you are an audio listener you want to go check this out on youtube to see the beautiful graphics of star wars galaxies freddie show us what you got oh yeah all right so this is the starting screen we're gonna log in and i am i think i'm on endor no i forget where i'm at Got to go to the spaceport and by myself, not by myself, I'm going to fly myself to Dantooine. So it's the first thing we're going to do here. What kind of ship is uh, that? Flying off. That's, uh, honestly, it's it's nothing incredible. <laughs> I can't remember the name. Uh, I can get after the show. Man, I I, 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 can, I know it too. There's that right there. There's a hurtin'. See that? Oh, yeah. That's a hurtin' right there. Uh, here, we just landed on the Imperial outpost. What, uh, what and I'm, I'm a rebel, so I had to basically turn off my status so that I did not get attacked. Is this on Dantooine? <laughs> this is on Dantooine. Huh. So this is exactly what oh, okay. it might have looked like. Yeah. Wow, look at those we drab at. browns. This is just the Dantooine as I've always pictured it. And that stormtrooper <laughs> just went through you. Yep, yep. So this this is what the base looks like, the Imperial base. That's where we landed. Oh! Um, oh, yep. Uh, sorry, officers. <laughs> Let's get that fixed. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So my vehicle just was basically exploded. But what you're seeing here is a map of Dantooine. Hmm. Um, I can't really see the details on my end too much, but from where I'm at on the Imperial base to the Jedi uh, ruins, it's about like maybe 11 kilometers, I would say. 11 kilometers from from where where you're at. I think it is right 11,000 give it to me meters. in clicks that's like the military thing to do right um what? not sure what a click is me neither. Like and then on the complete just, opposite short side so that side right there is where the ruins is at on the complete opposite side of the map is where uh <laughs> where where the rebel base is at so they had to travel kind of a distance throughout this this whole thing and i'm just gonna oh yeah there's an atst there it's, it uh, actually happens <laughs> hey that was from the game yeah, yeah. Or so from the, gonna from fly, the cover. I'm gonna fly over. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fly over to uh, the ruins to see what the ruins look like because I honestly didn't spend too much time there uh, <laughs> until I read this book and I was like, oh my goodness, is this there is exactly is there really a like, holocron I was in the ask. cave? Like, can you find? You know what? There might be. There might be. There's a thune. That's a thune right there. Looks like an elephant. Thune. Oh, that's uh, what yeah. they are. Thune. Okay. Yeah. And see, you, you just see those creatures as you wander around, and you see them. Uh, Dude, yeah. your bike keeps why does your, that. Why does your bike keep exploding? 
I just fixed it. Don't worry. <laughs> That's the so most right Star Wars thing that you would have yeah, a vehicle yeah, I, that keeps uh, malfunctioning. I needed to repair it. That's why. It, it just. He's a doctor, not an engineer. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so right now, just going to head over to the area, uh, speed through. Holy that. cow! But you can see. Put your helmet <laughs> you on, see, Doc. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to walk for a little bit. But what I was trying to talk about earlier with like the crafted items, like this is some of the stuff that I saw in the in the book. Mm. It's just everyday things that you would use in the game to survive or get whatever you need to get. And it's crazy how integrated it was with uh. with uh, like the book. So and so for me, yeah, anyways, it I'm just gonna... meant nothing to me, nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the crazy thing. I feel like you definitely need to play the game. And I'm walking through here a little bit because I wanted to show everyone just how vegetative this planet was like it's incredibly overcast and there's trees everywhere and they're they're everywhere literally grasses different flowers um imagine traveling through this for like what 60 miles Mm. or so in a day uh with just vegetation everywhere so anyway the landscape is is beautiful i do enjoy it i mean as somebody who spent a lot of time on dantui and the knights of the (laughs) republic this is it's a little bit more lush in this game. Yes, it definitely is. It definitely is. And and right now I have my settings on low. I was using my work computer <clears throat> to uh, do all of this. In so the name of the best. show. Thank you, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I saw that weird fire and I realized, oh my goodness, I think we're there. Was that a burning Boom. bush? We are here. Look at that. <laughs> There's the water. CBS after all. Uh, burning bush. This uh, is uh, That's the waterfall that we talked about. This oh, is the oh. Jedi ruins. The I'm waterfall. so sorry. So Dusk. this is exactly where we were at. Yeah. Uh, this is where Dusk was like feeling the <laughs> um, everything and just like, I can't believe all the history that could have happened here. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. <laughs> this is the area. And it was this, really this weird. This does give me some waterfall. appreciation. Yep. And there is an actual, yeah, waterfall. Yeah, that thing does not have any interest. Can you, can you walk behind the waterfall? Well, we might find out. Whoa! <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> there you go. So you do, in fact, have to get onto these rocks and swim around into this waterfall, and it's confusing. You can see even in the game, I'm not even sure where to go. <laughs> I would die doing this somehow. I'd find a way to die. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, Whoa. I get into the cave. Remember the cave? She she talks about the cave, the cave. being just confusing and similar, and I was like, oh, yeah. I could see it. Wait, the cave in the looks... game is actually behind the waterfall? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like in yep. the book. <laughs> yeah. And look, I look down and I see I see some quenkers down there and I'm not going to deal with it. <laughs> and that's what they look like, though. Wait, the, watch the your mouth, Freddy. Quenker. Some, some who now? <laughs> quenkers? <laughs> Quinkers. That's a fun that's one, That's them. And they're they're a pain, so Bile. I'm not gonna deal with it. They're Dripping. gonna give me a bunch of diseases. So let's get out of I here. I do love your speed walking. That's pretty impressive too. That is legit. <laughs> and I give it a rude salute <laughs> as I leave. Wait, are you are you carrying a gaffy stick like a I am, like yeah. a like a Tuscan Raider? <laughs> I am, yeah. <laughs> so next, we're going to head to the abandoned base, and I mean, I'm doing a lot of shortcuts. If they were traveling by foot. Uh, it do, it's. I think I want to say it's like nine kilometers away from where I'm at now. Um, basically made a triangle. Uh, so that that was one thing I really appreciated. That it didn't. Oh yeah, there's a bone pile. 
Oh yeah, not gonna go. A nice radial transition there. That was cool. I saw that. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a growl. It wasn't in the book. Surprisingly, I was looking to hear about them because they eat the picket longhorns. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, they're they're kind of uh they're kind of brutish. They're similar to like rankers. They look like so, a rancor. Yeah, I'm gonna. As, as somebody who's never guys. played Star Wars Galaxies, but has played a lot of Star Wars: The Old Republic, I never understood until this very moment like, how much uh, the Old Republic does build off of this. I mean, it is oh, yeah. the successor in the world of Star Wars MMOs. It is a lot of yeah. like you are on a speeder traversing across a huge map, and so is everybody else. <laughs> And there's all oh, kinds yeah, totally. of cr- critters. And, cr- it, it's and you'll see it here. Similar. By the way, Vorator. That's a Vorator right there. Nice. Okay. They're huge. About the size of my speeder. Like the K- Komodo <laughs> dragon kind of size. huh? And you can see right here over the crest, kind of how she probably saw it, hmm. the ruins of Dantooine or <gasps> the abandoned rebel base. And this is it. This is what it was. This is what it looks like. This is the abandoned rebel base on Dantooine. Hmm. Looks like so a prison. Getting to see it is crazy, right? When you hear it in the movies, you're yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> Been there. Tantooine. Also the one it's that... on Tantooine. Yeah, yeah, from A New Hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was beautiful, Rick. Thank you. That was beautiful. Your accent was perfected we'll just here. like Carrie Fisher's was. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she hated that. <laughs> she was not a fan of that. So I'm going to walk into this rebel base, and I think it might be under evacuation. Because you'll see here, there's definitely some folks ah, in this little area. It's not abandoned. And who do we have? No. Leia. <gasps> what? And Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar. <laughs> oh, <Chatting>. cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's them. And it's definitely looking like it's in disrepair, or at least they're trying to leave. Uh, there's a whole like mission and theme park in this little spot. And as I'm leaving, I notice uh, I see some like a, a purple dot, which means he's a rebel. And uh, this, uh, you know, it's kind of cool seeing it because seeing him there, he's le- he just leveled up. Whoa! Um, okay, people Way are still go, playing buddy. this game. So. All right, so that's just gonna ask. Yeah. In the day, you would see <laughs> characters like go through the map as well. Uh, oh, totally everywhere, so, all over the place. Man, that's cool. Wave at him, like right there. I just clapped for him for leveling up and just took off. That's cool. So. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, the abandoned rebel base on Dantooine on the hill that she probably looked down on. Hmm. Wow. So this is, is this the first time that we've ever gotten inside the novel, like visually? Yes. In that's the that, history that's why of, I feel like that. Like, of I'm Legends like, Roundtables. <laughs> yeah, 115 really cool. episodes in, and this is the first time we have visually explored the map of a book. And the last Beautiful. time, because I'm okay. falling asleep. Just kidding, Freddie. No, it was great. I appreciated the tour. <laughs> that was fun to get the picture of. I liked seeing... I was like, ooh, those purple flowers. Liked those. The uh, Seeing some of the creatures helped, because I, like I said, read the, about the animals. Yeah. It was kind of like, well, all right. Um, and boy, does Whitney Robinson love talking about these animals. Oh, man. Yeah. Does she go into detail on these creatures? Yep. And, you know, getting get deep in the, the, the cave behind the waterfall. That was cool. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. All right, guys, last thoughts on the ruins of Dantooine. Anything else that you thought you know was worthy of a shout-out here before we close out the ruins of Dantooine once and for all, at least until our next episode when we have our cover contest, and we're going to talk more about that. Last thoughts on the ruins of Dantooine going once? 
good. Enjoyed it. I want to say shout out good. to the, uh, the 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 Gungan Casino with the the dueling animals. Did love that a lot. It was very cool. Should have seen more of that. I'm gonna say should have seen more of the the goofy, the funny. Could have definitely helped. You know, a little bit more humor as opposed to dire and romance and animals. <laughs> Although, but. like animal cruelty <laughs> is not funny. So I was like. gonna say that was one of my least favorite parts of the book. Mm-hmm. But the Gungans, couldn't you have like gotten to know like what Gungan thought it was a good idea? Like, you could have seen them get arrested. Like that would have been funny. Like the Empire <laughs> busts up the Gungan casino. No. Anyway, Rick is he just he liked the animal <laughs> trivia that I can tell. You just really loved reading about all the animals. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, we do have a fun contest that is running, and we want to give a quick shout out to it. Freddie, you weren't here last week impromptu live on the show we came up with a contest we are doing a cover art redesign of the ruins of dantooine we want to see your best ideas or your worst ideas either way uh for what would you make as the new cover for the ruins of dantooine because we will say that is what this book is known for more than anything inside it is its cover don't you think yeah it it, it's the epitome of do not judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Which we have repented of this week. We enjoyed the book, at least generally speaking. We have one of our entrants ready to show off here on the show tonight. Besides that, everybody else has uh, another couple weeks. Uh, we'll show out the first show in January. We're going to do the, the official winner, and we'll do the, the full you know spread of all of the different uh, covers for the Ruins of Dantooine. We have one ready to show off. This is by our buddy Jordan. Ooh. Jordan has designed a beautiful cover of the ruins of Dantooine. Rick, are we ready? Here it is. It's stormtroopers <laughs> at, you know, like a ruined rebel base. And it's yep. got the green and it's got the it's got the drab brown. Really got those colors just right. That's yep. right. That's, and it that's says that. what I pictured. This is fantastic. Oh, wait, there's a Corinthian <laughs> column as if the Greeks were there. That's how you know the it's ruins. A, that's how you know it's, it's ruins, ruins of a temple. Right. I yeah. love it. It's so good. I thought the rebels would be here. The stormtrooper is saying the stormtrooper that looks like a Goomba, like a sad Goomba from Mario. Yeah. <laughs> did it, did it, did it. Anyway, it is as of now the front runner as the only It's beautiful. The only completed piece of art. Where I will we, say this much. I'm working send, on some. Where do we send our submissions to? You can either do it in the Discord, uh, in the Legends Look Back Discord channel, or on Twitter, where you can find us at Legends Look Back. And okay. we are accepting submissions there. Okay. Besides that, uh, you can knock on our door. You know, that's fine, too. All right. Rick's address, who just sent it to me the other day, mm-hmm. is 20... <laughs> <laughs> Here's uh, pigeon. Finn Dark trying to show his picture. I thought he was Deveronian after seeing this. Is that like, what's his... his does he what's have horns? What's his horns? Those are not horns. Those are like long braids that go to the back of his head, uh, to his back. Okay. Just very interesting. And then what? here's the goat. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, there it is. Tindal, pre pre death recipe. He's an Ithorian. Thank you very much. I know. I was saying the greatest of all time. Goat, not his species. Oh, you're you're really <laughs> hip with the youth lingo. I see. Yeah. Goat. <laughs> Lit fam. So, it's it's been great. I've enjoyed it, <laughs> and I'm gonna go ahead and say it right now. I'm probably never gonna read it again. But we did it. <laughs> We're done. And I never thought I would. And I'm very proud. Very proud. And it brought went, us all with you. I uh, <laughs> this this one counted in my my 
Legends Race to the Finish, and <laughs> as it did for all of you, because I'm going to bet none of us would have read it had we not had to do it for uh, the round <laughs> Low two. on the list. But yeah, I'm glad we read it, because it's nope. yeah. higher than it should than it, it, it currently we can, stands. We can, it was good. We should. We will be its voice. We should. That's right. We will champion this thing. I brought this thing to Star Wars Celebration. We put it in the Utini booth on display. We did. The folks at Del Rey, they saw it and they commented on it. Just like you can. You can, uh, of course, submit all of your feedback about everything you thought about the ruins of Dantooine. There's a number of ways to get in touch with us. Um, you can, of course, find all of the contact information in the description below. Now, you can find us, like we said earlier, at Legends Look Back on Twitter or the uh, Utini Discord. That does it for this week. Thanks for joining us here for Legends Look Back for this monumental roundtable. Thanks especially to our incredible patrons for your support. Special thank you to our Jedi High Council, Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander. And the Alliance High Command, Ashley Ingalls, Elizabeth Cloutier, and Sally and Chris Eilerson. Remember to sub to the channel and leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. And remember to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast.